श्री गुरु तीन ठाकुर की जय चैतन्य चरितामृत की जय सो यस्टरडे वी एक्सप्लेन अ लिटिल बिट हाउ द बुक ओवरऑल वर्क्स एंड एंड हाउ द आदि लीला वर्क्स एज इट डज एज एन एक्सपेंशन ऑन throughout the book the adhyadi lila on the first 14 verses of the chapter which are the mangala charan and i believe i asked you to read something didn't i okay well uh that's quite a bit of reading that's quite a there's quite a bit in that section it's going to take us some time to go through that appropriately i'd like to backtrack a little bit before we do um go into Krishna's Kaviraj's explanation of verse 1 which begins at verse 32 right which is where you started your reading and um and discuss these three verses that we just chanted which are 15 16 and 17 they follow the mangala charan and they are important verses that as i mentioned i believe yesterday are found here in the beginning of the adi lila they're found in the beginning of the madhi lila and found in the beginning of the anti lila as well and they constitute uh, krishna's kaviraj's uh, glorification of the three principal deities of the godias as he calls them in fact after um these verses he says 18 thakur गोदियाके गोदियाचिन आत्मसात दिस इज वर्स 19 एटीने चरण वंदन तिने मोरनाथ दीस थ्री डीटीज ऑफ वृंदावन मदन मोहन गोविंद एंड गोपीनाथ अब्सॉर्ब्ड द हार्ट एंड सोल ऑफ द गोदी वैष्णवस आई वर्शिप देयर लोटस फीट फॉर दे आर द लॉर्ड्स ऑफ माय हार्ट सो इट वुड अपीयर दैट एट द टाइम Chaitanya Charitamrita was written that these were the main deities of Vrindavan. Now they are sometimes considered to be seven principal deities of Vrindavan, but they were established later on. Gopal Bhatta's Radha Raman and uh, Radha Damodar and Sham Sundar and so on and so forth. Um, these three deities, Madan Mohan, Govinda, and Gopinath, they are not in Vrindavan now. they were moved when the muslims attacked vrindavan and you can have the darshan if they allow you um of govinda ji and gopinath in uh, jaipur and madan mohan is in another city in rajasthan named karoli vrindavan is on the border the, of the rajasthan it's in up uttar pradesh but it borders rajasthan the desert of rajasthan and these uh these deities are all found there they were moved and uh and uh, to be protected from the from the muslim uh, muslims who attacked vrindavan so um other than that it's said that these deities while being the principal deities of the godias as described by krishna skabirash goswami were actually manifest a long time before the godias formally made their uh, appearance in the world as a sampradaya before the time of chaitanya mahaprabhu that is and it's said that the grandson of krishna one of krishna's grandsons brijanath 
oversaw the um, manifestation of these uh, deities in the hands of artisans. And having been a, a personal witness to the appearance of the Lord, Lord Krishna, that he was relied upon for what the Lord looked like to make these, these, these deities. And it is said that, that each of them contains uh, within their threefold bending form an accurate artistic uh, depiction of uh, different parts of the Lord's transcendental body. Malan Mohan, uh, the, the, the lower part of the body, the, uh, the legs up to the waist. And so then the next deity was crafted, Govindaji, and the torso was just right, arms. And, and then Gopinath, and the, the, the head and smiling face of Krishna. So apparently Brajanath, as the story goes, gave approval. And interestingly enough, these three aspects of the Lord, his legs, which, on which he supported, his arms, by which he plays his flute and attracts us, and uh, his smiling face, which is the result of being attracted, that we get to have the darshan of that. These things correspond with Sambandha, Amidea, and Prayojana. So Sambandha is like the foundation, conceptual orientation. What am I? What is the world? What is the Lord? What are the relationship between these? And so forth. Diksha, which is which means initiation, is a function of this of Sambandha Gyan. Sambandha Gyan is, is very much part of, of Vaidhi Bhakti. It's said that uh, one cannot chant Hare Krishna properly without Sambandha Gyan. Now, it should be noted here that, and, and Sambandha means relationship, so Gyan means knowledge of relationship. It's kind of like the what's what of things from the Gaudiya Vaishnava point of view. Uh, so Madan Mohan presides over this. He was worshipped by the way to Charja and later by Sanatana Goswami. And Sanatana Goswami is considered to be the Sambandha Tattva Acharya of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in his writings. Um, there's some emphasis on that aspect of um, the teaching, the Sambandha. With regard, and with regard to these three things, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brings them out later in Madhya chapter 25, when he's uh, speaking to Prakashananda Saraswati and establishing that the Bhagavatam is the natural commentary on the Vedanta Sutras, to understand the Sutras as they really are. He explains that the Bhagavatam deals with these three topics, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana. And this is Vaishnavism. This is not going to be found, uh, thought of like this in, 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 from a monistic point of view. Mahabharata tells him that in the four slokas of the Bhagavatam that are found in the second chapter, second canto, chapter 9, that are the, the, the four essential verses of the Bhagavatam that Krishna spoke to Brahma, from which it's been expanded into 18,000 verses, that these uh, deal with Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana, perhaps the first two, Sambandha, and third, Abhideya, fourth, Prayojana, in kind of a sutra-type sense, in a condensed sense. 
Bhakti Thakur wrote a book, Bhagavat Marichi Mala, Bhagavat Arka Marichi Mala, a thousand rays of the Srimad Bhagavatam. He took 1,000 verses from Srimad Bhagavatam out of its 18,000 verses and uh, categorized them in terms of Samanda, Abhide, and Prayojana. It's a very nice uh, book, an important book of Bhakti Vinod. In fact, he said that, uh, that um, with some hesitation, he wrote in that book, I reveal how this writing of this book came about. It's embarrassing to write about it, but if I don't, my gurus will not be glorified. He said that Surup Damodar Goswami, who is the person who, through whom everything, was the personal secretary of Mahaprabhu, through whom everything had to be filtered, every prayer, every um, poem, uh, glorification of the Lord that would, would be, was written and, and offered to him, had to go through Srup Damodar and be approved by him. So, Bhakti Manoha Thakur said that uh, Srup Damodar came and told him in a trance to write this book for the benefit of the devotees in the future. Dividing the Bhagavatam, he took a thousand verses to show this idea. This is how all the Bhagavatam is divided. Obviously, he didn't do all 18,000. But So, these are important um, topics. And because the, the pranams to the deities presiding over them come here in, in the section we're discussing and then again appear in Adili and Antili, that's worth talking about them a little bit. And um, these concepts... Sambandha, again, is, is, is uh, knowledge of uh, relationship, we say. So, as I said, it's part of diksha. It means that, that when the diksha is, is really complete, then self-realization is accomplished. And therefore, Sambandha Gyan, which I said, one cannot chant Hare Krishna purely without Sambandha Gyan, means more than theoretical knowledge. To get Sambandha Gyan, well, we need to hear and we can get theoretical sambandhagyan. But we have to get realized sambandhagyan in order to chant Hare Krishna purely. The theory will also can be also will be helpful. And if we don't hear properly, then it will probably likely be difficult to just chant and make a, uh, a lot of advancement. The more you hear and understand why you're chanting, who you are, that you're not the body, and that there's a difference between you and matter and what the relationship between matter and the Lord is and so on and so forth. These things will help you to to, uh, um, to chant and take advantage of the holy name. But Sambandagan means more than theoretical knowledge. It means up to asakti, this stage of, of bhakti, the end of sadhana bhakti. Sambandagan is complete. And when the Sambandagan is complete, knowledge of the self is is realized then it's then you can understand this bhakti can be fully cultivated bhakti is the abhideya you follow me the means so when this sambandha is really in place then one can do bhakti in a way that one could not otherwise previously this is called then bhava bhakti and bhava bhakti this self sense of self as an eternal servant of Krishna in a particular mood is cultivated. It's understood at the end of Sadhana Bhakti and now it's now it's to be cultivated. And then as it's cultivated and uh, we 
enter into that identity fully, leaving this identity behind. That is uh, prem, prayojan. Hmm? Prayojan. The prayojan of Krishna consciousness is what? What do we want to attain? Krishna? Love of Krishna. Very good. Love of Krishna. Prem, prayojan. Hmm? The prayojan is prem, not Krishna, but love of Krishna. Love of Krishna is more important than Krishna. Love of Krishna. There is no Krishna without love of Krishna. Krishna corresponds with that love. So, Sambandha, then Abhideya, the means, and Prayojana, the goal. Madan Mohan, Govinda, and Gopinath. And in relation to the gurus, in the plural of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, we have Sambandha presided over by Sanatana Goswami and uh, Abhideya presided over by uh, Rupa Goswami and the Prayojan presided over by Raghunathas Goswami. And, and these deities were worshipped by Sanatana Goswami, so, uh, Madan Mohan, a nice story of Madan Mohan's worship is there in the Goswami lore, if you will, or Leela, how he was worshipping this deity and he had no temple. He was hanging the deity from a tree uh, with a rope uh, and uh, and offering him this, uh, this kind of bread. It's not really a chapati, but like a brick oven bread. And... Um, one day the deity complained to him, said, at least you could offer some salt. He said, well, if I offer you salt, then one, one thing will lead to another. Hmm? <laughs> then you want ghee, and, uh, and, so, and I'm just a mendicant uh, renunciate. How can I get all those things? You have to take me as uh, my, on my term. And meanwhile, in the, uh, his place of worshipping Manamohan is very, very beautiful, um, his kutir, his bhajan place, and overlooks the banks of the Jamuna from up on high. And um, apparently at that, just at that time, then a, a merchant was sailing, a salt merchant was sailing, and his boat got stuck there at, the, at that place in the Jamuna. And Sanatana Goswami came and gave him some advice and said it was, it was freed up or something like that. So he offered him a lot of salt. And actually, he gave him enough money to build a temple for Manam Mohan and salt as well. And so the temple was established for Manam Mohan. This is a nice story about this uh, important deity. And um, and the verse here, Jayatam suratopangor mamamandamatergati matsarvasvapadambujo radha madana mohano is uh, uh, informative for us. He says... Glory, Jayatam, Soroto, means the merciful and it means the Lord of conjugal loves, of very sweet love. So, glories to the sweet Lord of love. He says, Pango Mamamandamatergati. He describes himself. Glories to the, this uh, very charming modern Mohan who's very merciful. And I, and I mentioned this yesterday, I think, about prayer. This is an nice uh, example. He glorifies the Lord and he states his own position. Pongo, I'm very lame and uh, Mamamanda. 
I'm uh, ill-advised. So lame means refers to the physical, our physical defects, and uh, physical defects refers to or impediments the, the, the uh, our karma, the realm of karma. And ill-advised uh, refers to gyan. So in a sense, the verse is saying that I'm encumbered by karma and gyan. I want pure bhakti, not anything short of that or anything mixed. And so I'm approaching you. This is my position. And you are a great lover and you're very merciful, so I expect that you'll enable me to overcome these impediments and, and so forth. So, very nice verse. Then he offers his obeisances to Govindaji, Radha Govinda. In the second verse, Radha Govinda presiding over Abhideya, Rupa Goswami's deity. This verse is a very famous verse that's often used in what's called mantra-mayu-pasana, or worshipping the Lord, a particular pastime of the Lord through mantra, and envisioning a particular like a still picture of the motion picture of Krishna Leela. It's like capturing a, just a, a moment of that in verse, to meditate upon that. It's the typical prototype kind of uh, meditation of uh, mantra mayupasana. The, the yoga pit is described here, the seat of the Lord in Vrindavan with uh, with Radha and it is surrounded by the gopis uh, sitting on a throne under a desire tree. So this is the, uh, like the, the center of in the leela from which now things go out from here. Just like we have our altar it's like the yoga pit, the pitam, the, the, the seat. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu there, our Guru Parampara is there. And every now and then we get to come to the yoga pit and do some, some service, like for Arctic, different times and three times of the day, or some other service. Otherwise we're on the periphery also doing some service, but we get to come to yoga pit and do direct service. So, this is, uh, we should meditate on our altar like this. Of course, we'd need it to slightly different prayer because it's going to tie, but the same concept is there. So, very important verse. And then, Sriman Rasarasarum Bibamsi Vatatatastita Karshan Venusana Gopi Gopinata Sriestuna. Speaks about the furthest reach of the Lord's um, Leela, his, his conjugal love with uh, Radha, the Rasa dance. The Rasa dance is the. Uh, is the zenith of the life story, the biography of Krishna. And that's where it reaches its high point. That the whole Brajalila is building up and building up and building up to that point where the relationship between Radha and Krishna is consummated, at least in their own eyes, in the eyes of the other gopis who are witnesses to that. It still can't be told to anyone and everyone, but, but that is the high point. Then after that, everything is re- reflecting back on it, the whole Dwarka-lila, the whole... Uh, Matura Leela and so forth. So, and this is Prayojan. It means, um, of course, it's in relation to love, conjugal love, but love of God. So these are important verses. You should, you should commit these verses to memory. And then, I guess we must have read these verses from 20 to 32. Do we read those? 
which describe the Mangala Charn and how it works. So let me go through those today. He says in 20 Grantar Arambhe Kari Mangala Charan Guru Vaishnava Bhagavan Tiner Smaran. First he says, by remembering the Guru, the Vaishnava and Bhagavan, then all auspiciousness is, is invoked and and it's possible to um, carry on with this type of uh, discussion or, or writing. So we should keep this in mind. Again, it's a mystical thing. It's not merely ac- academic. Some grace is required to talk about these things and understand these things. So let us invoke the mercy of the, the, by singing the names of the Vaishnavas, glorifying them, the Lord, the devotees, the Guru, then their, their blessings will be upon us. Tiner smarane hoi bignaminash anayase hoi nija banchita puran. He says here that at such um, such remembrance of the Guru, the Vaishnavas, and the Lord does two things, and these are the two things, of course, that we're interested in. Removing the negative influence of the world and our karma, that bondage, and fulfilling our desires. So fulfilling our desires here doesn't mean fulfilling the desires that we have in this world, because if so, then the first part wouldn't have taken place, the removal of the, the difficulties. Removing, it means two things, anartanivritti and what? Artha proviti. Anartha means artha means a goal. It's an on means anartha means it's an unnecessary goal or something that's unnecessary. Uh, anartha nivriti. Nivriti means to to give up. So giving up unnecessary things. But this is only part of the equation of bhakti. We want to give up unnecessary things, but there is something that is necessary. So there's an artha, not an anartha, but an artha. And poverty, not that we should liberty give up, but poverty we should ta- attain. So these, this is what he's talking about here, that this um, remembrance of the Guru, the Vaishnavas, the Lord, he uses the word smaran, meditation. It, it comes to this, ultimately, Krishna consciousness, to be absorbed mentally, uh, constantly. This is um, uh, particular to... Rag Bhakti. It will come through Kirtan and and so forth, but to attain that kind of mental absorption to fix the mind upon the Lord, uh, the devotees, the, the Vaishnavas, the uh, the Guru, then such smaran very easily, anayase, very easily uh, enables us to accomplish these two things. Removal of the negative anarthas and attaining what's actually desirable. Love of Krishna. Say Mongol Chan Hop Charan Hoitribida Prakar Vastu Nidesh Ashivad Namaskar. So this Mongol Charan is made up of three aspects. And that means uh, of, uh, defining the objective, offering benedictions, and offering obeisances. Now, so it's worth knowing these terms Vastu Nidesh Ashirvad Namaskar. And while these, he says that Mangalacharna is made up of these three things, in reality, as we hear, uh, as we'll go on, we'll find that only one, two, three, four of the verses are dealing with these three subjects, four of the fourteen. He says what? Pratama dui shloke. The first two shlokas, Pratama dui shloke, 
Ishta Deva Namaskar is a namaskar to the deity, to my deity, my Ishta, my deity, Ishta Deva. Samanya Vishesh Rupe Duita Prakar. And one is, they, they offer obeisances just both generally and specifically. So anyway, the first two verses are, are namaskar. As I said, it's four of them. We'll cover these three topics. Then, Tritiya Shloke Te Kori Bhashtura Nidesh Jaha Hoite Jani Paratatvira Udesh. The third verse indicates the absolute truth, who is the ultimate substance, Bhastu Nidesh, which is a description. With such a description, one can visualize the supreme truth. So, after the first two verses, offering obeisances to his deity, both in a general sense and, and specifically, then in the third verse, he, he, he defines the, the subject of, of the book. And, uh, of course, we'll go into that, but basically the subject of the book is that Lord Chaitanya is, is Krishna. Krishna is the Supreme God, and Lord Chaitanya, that same Krishna is Lord Chaitanya. This is the tattva, uh, tattva of the book. Then, Chaturta Shlokete Kori Jagate Ashirvad Sarvatra Magiye Krishna Chaitanya Prashad in the fourth verse, I've, I've invoked the benediction of the Lord upon the whole world, praying to Lord Chaitanya for his mercy upon all. In that verse, I have also explained the external reason for Lord Chaitanya's incarnation, but in the fifth and sixth verses, I've explained the, five, the prime reason for his advent. So, again, in verse 1 and 2 we have the Namaskar, in verse 3 we have the Bhastu Nirdesh, in verse 3 we have, verse uh, 4 we have the Ashirvad, which is, he said, the Mangalacharan consists of these three things. Still we have ten more verses glorifying the Tinandapuru, Advaita, and Panchatattva. So, given that these three things have been mentioned here, let us, let us read the first four verses and see how those things are represented there. Vande Guru Nisha Bhaktan Isham Isha Isha Vatarakan Tatpakasham Chatachatehi Krishna Chaitanyam Sangyakam. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the spiritual masters, the devotees of the Lord, the Lord's incarnations, his primary portions, his energies, and the primeval Lord himself, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. So it should be clear, huh? This is a namaskar. Namaskar is represented by the word what? Bande. Bande, I offer my pranam, my obeisances. Namaskar. <coughs> then, Vastunidesh Shloka. Yaradvetam Brahmapanishadi Tarapiyasya Tanubha. Ya Atmantar Jami Purusha Itisho Shamsha Vibhava. Sad Aishvarya Purnasa Iha Bhagavan Sasayam Ayam. Nachetanat Krishna Jagati Paratatvam Param Iha. What the Upanishads describe as the impersonal Brahman is but the effulgence of his body. And the Lord known as the Supersoul is but his localized plenary portion. 
Lord Chaitanya is the Supreme Personality of God, Krishna Himself, full with six opulences. He is the absolute truth, and no other truth is greater than or equal to Him. So this is the essence of what the book is about in terms of tattva. This is the, the, what he starts, seeks to establish. Hmm? This verse will be elaborately explained in all of chapter 2. deals with this. Then the Ashirvad Sloka. Yeah, these are all very famous verses. should be acquainted with them. Anarpita charim charat karunayavutina kalo samayar paitam unatojala rasam sabhakti sriyam hari purata sundara dyuti kadamba sandipita May the Supreme Lord, who is known as the son of Srimati Sachi Devi, be transcendently situated in the innermost chambers of your heart, resplendent with the radiance of molten gold. He has appeared in the age of Kali by his causeless mercy to bestow what no incarnation has ever offered before, the most sublime and radiant mellow of devotional service mellow of conjugal love. So he's offering a benediction here. You can see if you from the from the reading. May the Lord be situated in your heart, he's saying. Uh, heart is like a cave, inner recess of the heart. And the Lord is like a lion. He lives in the cave. So may he enter into the innermost hidden recess of your of your heart. How deeply he, he he wants Lord Chaitanya to be part of your life. That cave where you keep all the valuable things. He wants Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to reside there. So he's given a blessing and explains something else in, in this verse also, as he as he has said that by this also he's explained that something about the reason for the Lord's descent. Not for a long time he has not come and come to what has he come to give this. Una Tojula Rasam Sabakti, the Shriyam, the brightest jewel of Rasa and so forth. So there we have it. Namaskar Ashirvad, uh, Namaskar Vastunidesh Ashirvad. And then the other verses, as I say, will be about Nityananda Prabhu and Advaita. Let's see what Krishna Askavira says. Se shloka kahi, excuse me, Echai Shloke Kohi Chaitanya Tattva. So six verses about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu I've given. And Arpanch Loke Nityanandar Mahatva. Now I will, then I glorify Nityananda Prabhu with five shlokas. So our Mangala Charan is fourteen verses altogether, first six about Lord Chaitanya. We read the one, two, three, first four. So there are two more about Lord Chaitanya. And then five about Nityananda Prabhu. Ardui Shloke Advaita Tatpakyan Ad Ik Shloke Pancha Tatvara and the next two verses are about Advaita Acharya. These are the three Tintakur, three lords also, Chaitanya, Nityananda, and Advaita, because they are all Vishnu Tattva. Then, Echoda Shloke Kori Mangala Charan, Tanhi Madhya Kahi Shabha These fourteen verses, therefore, offer auspicious invocations and describe the absolute truth. Shab Shrota. Vaishnava, oh, excuse me. Did I say Panchatattva? No. He has two verses about um, Advaita and one verse about the Panchatattva, and that makes 14. Uh, so those are the 14. Hmm. And I, he says then, Sabshrutta Vaishnava Kori Namaskar, Eshabshloker Kori Artavichar. 
I offer my obeisances unto all the Vaishnav readers as I begin to explain the intricacies of these verses. Sakala Vaishnav Shunakodi Ekuman Jaitanya Krishna Shastra Matanirupan. I request all my Vaishnav readers to read and hear with rapt attention this narration of Sri Krishna Chaitanya as inculcated in the revealed scriptures. Then he will begin now to describe verse 1, which is what I asked you to begin reading, and apparently you've, you've done that, but there's enough material there that you can go over it again. And some of you didn't read the purports. <laughs> and let me say also about this that, um, that we should read this section and all of Chaitanya Charitamrita in this way by not only um, reading the verses, reading here Prabhupada's merciful commentary, but also when the Pramana Shlokas are cited from Bhagavatam, we should look them up in the Bhagavatam and read the commentary there. And other books, if, if they are Pramana Shlokas, they're coming from other books that we have available in English, you should look them up and see the context where those verses appear. And, and you may see, oh, Prabhupada used it, translated it in this way, and Krishna's Kaviraj is using it in this way. That will shed more uh, light on it. And and also, if you have things like that folio of Prabhupada's, which some of you have on your computers, you can look up these Bhagavatam verses that are cited and see where else they might also appear in Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is, uh, this is the way you should, should study. Even if you read the commentary of Prabhupada, for example, on one of the Bhagavatam verses that Krishna cites, then in that there may be another verse may be cited. Then you can go to that verse and read that and read that purport until you end, you know, you're done. There's no then you go back again to where you started. Do you follow? It's the way I used to study as a young man. So I highly recommend it to you. And and he, and this is what is meant here by this final verse that we're discussing today, which leads us to the then the explanation of verse one starting tomorrow. Here in verse 32, we ended with verse 31. This is what it's meant here. What is it said? Sakala Vaishnav Shunakuri Ekaman. This is what he's asking. He says, I ask uh, all the Vaishnav readers, what? Reading here with repetition. Ekaman. Without your mind being on something else while hearing about it, but being fixed on this with, with full attention. So the books are really not to be read as much as they are to be studied. And again, what is our goal here? As I said, concluded yesterday, is to live inside the pages of these books. There's a whole world. Bhagavatam says, what? Yatad visargo, janataga viplavo, yasmin pratislokam abhadavati api. About itself, Bhagavatam says, this book is another creation altogether. Sarga, Visarga, is a creation. This is another creation altogether. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in one place has said that the Bhagavatam is like a little, like a, like a, like a Bhakuntha planet within the material world. It's said that Vishnu has a planet within the material world which is free from the material influence. Sretadvip. And Bhagavatam is like that, so you can live within the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita is the theory, and Srimad Bhagavatam is the, is the um, enacting of the theory that, it, that plays that whole theory out 
the Leela. It's the world, the civilization of the soul. Bhagavad Gita civilization of purified spiritual intellect by which applying you can live in the world of the soul. So Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam itself says it should be studied regularly. Nasta prayeshu, abhadreshu, nityam bhagavata sevaya, bhagavati uttama shloki, bhakti bhavati naishtiki. As I mentioned earlier, it's pointed out in the 25th chapter of Madhya Leela that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was explaining Sambandha, Abhideya and Prayojana to Prakashananda Saraswati, that Srimad Bhagavatam, which deals with these three subjects, is a commentary on the sutras. Therefore, these subjects are the subjects of the, are, are of the Upanishads and, and the sutras. And Bhagavatam being a commentary on the sutras, the sutras is, 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 is a kind of the logic of the scriptures, how it all works together. You have all these scriptures saying seemingly diverse things. The sutrakar, Vyas, putting these sutras together, tries to show how they actually are all saying the same thing, how it all fits together. So Bhagavatam is doing that also, and in a more charming and appealing way than the sutras, more uh, juicier way. It's the commentary on the sutras, so it's more lucid uh, in its explanation. So to study the point is to study the Bhagavatam regularly. It's a heart book, it's a poetic book, but it's but its poetry is founded in, in logic. It's an explanation of the concordance of all the scriptures. It's very powerful. It will capture your intellect. Nasta prayeshu abadreshu nityam bhagavatasevaya. It means if you study the Bhagavatam regularly, regularly, then all inauspicious things in your heart will practically be gone. And it will be easy for you to proceed in, the, in, your, in your practice. It means rajaguna, tamaguna influences will be retired. It'd be easy to practice. Nasta Prashu, Nityam Bhagavatam. Regularly, Sukadeva Goswami spoke Bhagavatam to Prikshit Marsh for seven days and said, How did he listen? Prikshit Marsh is the a- example of how one can become perfect by Shravanam, by hearing. He heard not in one ear and out the other, but with rapt attention, fasting from food and drink for seven days, living on the words of Sukadeva Goswami with such attention. This is the, this isn't just a story, there's an example there. We should try to have, pay that much attention. That means to use your intellect also in Krishna service. You want to be, it's okay to be busy with physically, that's good, but you have to also use your intellect in Krishna service. Exercise it. So Bhagavatam is, 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 is for that purpose. And Chaitanya Charitamrita is the distilled essence of the Bhagavatam. So this is what he means here. What I'm recommending to you, how to study these books. Go out and study the Bhagavatam verse, see where it comes from, what it said there. If you can get other commentaries from other charters, if there's something in English, you, 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 you search it out. This is the way to begin, as I say, to live inside of these books. To live in Vaikuntha. He says, Sakula Vaishnav Shunikari Ekman, with a fixed mind. You, you study, I recommend here, you hear this book with rapt attention. Chaitanya Krishna Shastra Matra Nirupan. It's a narration about Sri Krishna Chaitanya. And it's, it's what I've said here, you'll notice he's saying, if you study with rapt attention, that all of it is supported by the revealed scriptures. There's nothing spurious here. 
uh, it's all uh, backed up. Now, let us say this in concluding today's discussion um, with regard to revealed literature. It has been mentioned, I think we mentioned it yesterday, that sometimes verse, books are interpolated and, and you, some, so you start to wonder after a while, yeah, how can you rely on this Shastra? Well, there's two points I'd like to make in concluding here. One is that Shastra represents a principle, principle of revelation. That without revelation, God cannot be known comprehensively. Perfect knowledge, if it chooses to make itself known, can be known. And by perfect knowledge, we can become perfectly happy. So if God wants to be known, then he can be known otherwise not. So there's a necessity for comprehensive knowing. There's a necessity for revelation. Shastra is an example of that revelation. Any revelation that comes from above to this world comes through the world in a particular, some particular culture and so, or filter, cultural filter. Somebody has to write it down and so on and so forth. And, and uh, it may be couched in a particular setting as a Purana, for example, as Srimad Bhagavatam is. So certain elements will be in place for that, and so there may be some, uh, so some, some, some relativity in there, but the principle remains the same. Without revelation, one cannot know comprehensively. This is one point. The second point I want to make to you is this, with regard to revealed scripture. We are the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. If you accept that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is God, if you have been fortunate to have been touched by our Guru Parampara in such a way as to as to stand up and be counted. I follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then this question of interpolation and scripture and so forth, and it's really not an issue. Why? Because we take whatever the Goswamis have written. They have distilled the yes, nana shastra vichara nikanapanosadharma samstapako, lokanamitakaranotribhuvanemanyosharanyakaro. Whatever verses they've taken, if they're not in existing manuscripts, we don't really care. The books of the Goswamis have not been interpolated. This book, as I said, is not, there's been no change in the manuscript in 500 years. So from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on, and our acharyas have taken for us, done an ex, a, a kind of task that would be impossible for us, they drew from all the revealed scriptures what they felt was relevant to establish what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about and, and concluded he's the essence of all the revealed scriptures. With the, with the goal of which is to attain love of God. He's the embodiment of the highest love and so on and so forth. So we take their writings from here on out, their commentaries, this is the, and, and, and those of their successors in, in, in the disciplic succession. And um, uh, we can kind of, as I say, take that to the bank. And we'll find in disciplic succession also that there'll be ongoing clarification and the distilling of that, what's, what's important, what, what cultural elements are, are, are um, part of a commentary and not, not, don't apply at the present time and so on and so forth. So, any question? I was just, the, one of the words that you said, just, I was wondering what, um, I, I constantly hear revealed scripture, like, specifically does that mean, like, Revealed means that, that it comes from God down. It's not coming in, it's not, it uh, wasn't created in the mental factory of anybody. It descends, it's revelation. 
it's it's knowing it's a kind of knowing that is revealed to you you couldn't get it otherwise with your mental faculties and your physical faculties you can acquire some knowledge you can find some things out and but you can't get full knowledge and be, by which you can become perfectly happy this is our idea that is revealed knowledge it means it's it's hidden it's not readily available but it's been it's been made available by god to this world it's it's from it's from outside of the material world you follow Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai, Krishna Skaviraj Goswami Ki Jai, Bhuvad Pramana Ki Jai.